And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital, like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. So tell me why you mad even? Your team gonna be sad leaving after matching up with Brad Stevens. Each season, champion contenders. We drop twice a week like you trying to guard Kemba. <laughs> your team whack and your players whacker. I got the inside scoop after hanging up with Jay and Packer. Okay, we about chips here. I'm talking about this year. Banner 12 plus 6 here. Fast PP. Top rookie, I'm saying it now. Ain't playing around with Tatum. We off the charts, but you gotta play it market smart. Close out, cause he pulling up from Harvard Yard. Gang green, it's no other way. So tune in to the pod if you plan on staying up the day. You heard? <laughs> AJ, I, I see you, man. She. Welcome to Anything is Potable, the Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I am joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend, himself, reporter from The Athletic, Jay King, ladies and gentlemen, and we are coming to you on a Sunday night after the Brooklyn Nets completely wax the Boston Celtics 141 to 126. 141. Yeah, this was pretty much over after the second quarter. Um, it was very cool to be back in the garden with 17,000 fans. Very competitive first quarter. Celtics were up. And then about 20 seconds in, the Nets took a lead and never looked back. They scored 40 points in the second quarter. Kevin Durant was in, uh, ridiculous. Uh, Kyrie Irving was absolutely ridiculous. James Harden didn't really do much, but he didn't really have to. Oh, he did have 18 assists. Um, there was just nothing the Celtics could do in a night. They didn't have Kemba Walker, no Robert Williams. Um, just absolutely waxed uh, from the second quarter on. Yeah, that was as special a shooting performance as you'll probably ever see a team put on because it wasn't wasn't like they were shooting open shots. Like Kyrie was shooting people's faces off. Kevin Durant was shooting people's faces off. James Harden was setting up the guys who were shooting people's faces off and then in the second quarter just dusted the Celtics himself for a stretch. When they reached that level especially considering all the injuries for Boston with Jalen Brown out, Kemba Walker out, Robert Williams out. They're just, the Celtics were not going to reach that level. Um, They would have had to been just perfect to even have a chance. And they weren't that. So it was, but really, I mean, the Nets, the Nets just reached a level that was almost untouchable. They were ridiculous from the start Kyrie had a little spice 
spice to his game in front of a nearly full crowd in Boston for the first time since he left. Uh, Durant was just absurd. Like some of the shots Durant hit were just, what are, what are you going to do about it? He doesn't miss. Like it's just, it's rare when he does miss and he's just absolutely unstoppable. And like the, the Celtics did a pretty good job in the first quarter. I mean, Jason Tatum scored 14 points and then the Nets employed this strategy, which um, uh, I don't know why they haven't been doing it the entire series or why didn't they didn't do it in game three, but is uh just make someone not named Jason Tatum score. And it worked out really well for them in the second quarter. Jason Tatum had zero points. And like, I don't know what you do with the Celtics. Like Jason Tatum had three assists in that quarter. I think it felt like he found Romeo Langford for wide open threes, uh, at least four times in the corner. Romeo, I mean, that's just not his game, but he didn't knock him down. He also tried uh, – Sammy Ojale got some minutes. Grant Williams – like, they were, Celtics were four for 14 in that second quarter. They just don't – like, the supporting cast around Tatum, even though he made, like, the right play, the Nets were put throwing as many as it felt like three guys at him, and he found, like, made the right play. That just – they just didn't have nearly enough shooting around him to even kind of stay with the Nets when they're just – scoring 40 points in a quarter and absolutely going off. Yeah, the Celtics aren't deep in the best of times. And so when they're out three starters, there was a lineup. It was Grant Williams, Shemi Ojale, and Jabari Parker. If the Celtics had been healthy in this series, none of those guys would have seen the court probably at all. And and Romeo Langford was in the starting lineup. He probably wouldn't have been in the lineup at all either, like in the rotation at all either. So... It was just they're they're overmatched to begin with, um, and then when when they go deeper in the bench, like Tatum was making good reads, he was finding Romeo Langford, he was finding guys, but there's he's finding non shooters, and and that just frees up the Nets to double him, to pressure him, to do all that stuff, and they were a lot better at doing that. To Tatum, he still had 40 points. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was still very impressive. He, like, he was still really freaking good. Um, but like you have to score at such a high level to keep pace with the Nets when they're just normal. And then when they're like that, when all three guys have it going, good luck. <laughs> I mean, the good Celtics luck. tried like running the two-three zone out there. They tried uh like just switching up the defense, but in order to beat the Nets, you basically can't send two to the ball at all because they're just such good at passing that you're not just going to end up in a Joe Harris three. So you have to play Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant all one-on-one and hope that they miss. And Kyrie just didn't miss tonight. I don't know. Like, he had six threes. It felt like five of them were, like, absolutely contested. Durant, we've talked about his shot making, but then this is what makes the Nets so unfair is that just like James Harden didn't do that much in the first quarter. And he's just able to take over in that second quarter where like to start, he played like the way they work the rotations out. It's like the start of the second quarter is James Harden's quarter. You can't like, the, and the Celtics are switching one through five. We've just talked about how you can't really send two to the ball. So it's like playing normal drop coverage or playing like trying to, uh, hedge or blitz is just like they're gonna pass out of it so you kind of have to switch everything and then you're just re- hoping that Grant Williams and uh Semi Ojale I thought Romeo Lankford did a pretty decent job on trying to cover those guys tonight but it's just like you can't expect him to step in front 
of James Hardner be in front of him the entire time. He's an MVP. Kevin Durant's an MVP. And Kyrie Irving's one of the most talented scorers we've ever seen. It's just, I don't know what, like, it just makes the game three win. Can we just go back and talk about the game three win? Because it makes it that much more impressive that they were able to pull that off given the Nets roster. Yeah, the, the Nets seem to have a, an energy to them that they wanted to just end the series. Um, and the, the Celtics had an awesome start. Like, the crowd was crazy. Tatum had 14 points in the first quarter, I believe, including 12 over the first seven minutes. He was drawing contact, getting to the free throw line. Marcus Smart was fantastic at the start. But then, you know, Tatum Tatum heads to the bench with five minutes left in the first quarter. It's 27 to 20. Marcus Smart picks up his second foul, and the Celtics – like they they put Tatum back in thirty seconds later. Thirty knew, seconds later, yeah. They knew they could not afford to keep him on the bench, um, and then Smart's foul trouble complicated things too, because like, Jabari Parker came in and he immediately got blown by Kevin Durant, just like the instant first possession. Uh, but yeah, it did complicate things because he just had to go a little bit deeper on that bench, and it and just did not like, norm- work out. Normally, you'd let him play with two and be fine with it, but they've got James Harden, they've got Kevin Durant, like. They've got guys who are gonna force you into situations where you're you might foul a lot. So playing with foul trouble against them is very different than playing with foul trouble against most teams where you can maybe hide a guy where you know maybe you're not gonna be in situations where you're tempted to foul or, or could foul as often. Um so that that was was part of it. But I mean they had the Celtics had Romeo Langford and Jabari Parker. And Shemi Ojale and Aaron Neesmith playing big minutes against Peyton Pritchard as well against superstars and superstars who were playing like superstars. I thought, I mean, and and that's the difference. Like like the Nets were sometimes doubling Tatum on the catch because the Nets have so much firepower. The Celtics can't really double. They have so much shooting and they have all these guys who can make plays. And so the Celtics are just, they have guys on, on islands and you could, they could have made things a little tougher. Like some of the shots, I think, especially by Kyrie and Durant, like you could have been a little more in their airspace, but it's like, but it's like you guys are on on Kyrie against some of the best isolation players on the planet. You play up on them and then they blow right past you. Like Kyrie knocked down some shots that were just like solid defense, hand in his face, but he knocked it down. And we saw what happened in the second half when you like try to put two to the ball where Bruce Brown just basically had 12 easy baskets because you're sending two at Harden. Like there really is just no answer to stopping the Nets. It's going to be very interesting when the Nets and Bucks face off in the next round where the Bucks are oh, already conceding this series. I, I feel like we conceded the series before the series before even started. started. Yeah. yeah I'm ha- I'm just riding high out of the game three victory, but it's going to be interesting with the Bucks to have Giannis, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, like maybe these guys who can really like step up and play them one-on-one. Um, is there anything we can like take away from the second half? Like I thought Neesmith and Payne Pritchard, like, played pretty well in their first kind of extended playoff minutes. It was a joke of a game at that point, yeah, the, but like the Nets, they I was surprised to see the 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 Nets they stopped playing defense but they kept their big 3 in for the, basically the entire game, but and then Tate like the Celtics didn't give up, but they were just entirely outmatched for the entire game. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I mean, look how much talent they had injured. Robert Williams, Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown. That was and... my biggest thought during the game. Was like, man, this would be a lot cooler of a series if Jalen Brown was still playing. Yeah, like... it, it could have been could have been a fun series. Could have been a lot of offensive firepower on both teams. Celtics, I think they would have scored a ton of points if they had everybody healthy. Um, but that's just not not to be Kemba Walker. Poor guy. Like, I had a lot of fans in my Twitter mentions saying. You know, he's a max contract guy, not on the court, yada, yada, yada. That guy worked all season so that he'd be healthy for these moments. And it's just too freaking bad that that he's not. And like he worked it, he worked like hell to try to get, do, do that, to try to recover. And I, I, I honestly like I felt for him because he was waiting for moments like this. Like that's why he signed in Boston. For moments like this when he had the, the home crowd going crazy. And I know fans don't want to hear that because he's been injured and stuff like that, but but it's just bad luck. And and it really it, had it's, a, not, it's not like he's a guy who doesn't work. He's been working the whole time trying to get that knee strengthened. And you know, he got the bone bruise and some of the old issues flared up again. So just just tough, tough, tough. But it, it also goes to show like there's a Celtics have questions about Kemba Walker moving forward, for sure. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. They definitely do, and de- like his absence, I think you felt it tonight. Just talking about how deep Brad's rotations had to go just to find players to get minutes. Um, like I think even though Kemba didn't put up big stats in Game Three, he still took up thirty minutes of playing time. And he's and someone like, they need to guard. Yeah, he's a threat on offense where you like actually have to worry about him, and it's just like a little bit more difficult to throw um, that much attention to Jason Tatum. Um, other than that, I thought Fournier knocked down some shots, but he kind of got exposed on defense. He's not an ag- actually a, a defensive uh, – he's not the greatest defender, but he's a bit of a liability, but I think he can get by in, in some moments. But he's your third most talented player on the court tonight, and that's just uh, tough for the Celtics. And, and that's the thing, too. If, if he's coming off the bench, it's different. You know, like it's just totally different. Different experience for him, different coverage that they have on him um different defensive assignments probably for him at least during some of his minutes and the Celtics they're switching everything 
and it's like Tristan Thompson is out on Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and James Harden and, and Fournier, who you'd rather not have on one of those guys, is is doing it too. And I think like if the if the Celtics had been fully healthy with Smart, Jalen, and Tatum, it, the Nets would at least feel those guys when they were switching. But there are just too many guys that the Nets don't feel, and and you could see that they they were especially Durant was just special. I mean, Kyrie was going for the kill. Um, but Durant, Kyrie I, wasn't I even thought, that efficient tonight. Like, but Durant, you're right. Was, I mean, 11 for 24 is with a whole bunch of free throws. Both and uh, three balls. Yeah, no, he was good. He was good. I'm not going to say that he, he scored still, 39 points on 24 field goal attempts. That's, uh, he had 11 free efficient. throws and 11, 11 from the line. Durant was 11 for 11 from line. Harden missed a free throw in the final minute as the only missed free throw of the game for the Nets where they went 29 for 30. It was just a uh, absolute offensive performance from them. And unfortunately, because some guy in the stands had to go and be a dickhead, the game will probably get remembered more for some guy throwing a water bottle uh, at Kyrie Irving. Just a shitty scumbag move. Apparently he was arrested, uh, but just fuck that guy. Like that's just so unnecessary. Uh, and just puts a cloud uh, over the entire game and the entire just, city. Yeah. It's the entire It makes, it makes all of Boston look bad when you do something like that. So just, and like, just unacceptable and stuff like that is happening everywhere. The NBA fans have come back like, and it's obviously it's just, one one in a, a like what is it four or five different incidents now but but you just just don't do dumb shit don't don't be like scream your ass off keep it even they were chanting fuck you Kyrie like even that I feel like is inbounds I think that's inbounds it's I think it's just childish and it's also like living rent free like Kyrie Irving lives rent free in all Celtics fans head when you're che- like cheering about Kyrie when Jason Tatum is taking free throws, it's just like ridiculous. Like I'm fine booing him every single time he touches the ball, but it feels like there's just more of like we need to be mad about something and we're going to direct it about Kyrie. We're more about just being mad like in person. It just it's not a good look like to be chanting "fuck you, Kyrie." One when he's torching your team for 39 points, and two when he's like it, it's like the play in the game is not even about him. I'm fine with booing him. Like, that's happens. Like, that's part of sports. That's, like, the theater of it all. But, like, as soon as you, like, cross that line and start treating him like he's not a person, like, who else would you just be able to, like, throw a bottle at or, like, think that's acceptable behavior? You just – it's just so – I think Kevin Durant said it the best, grow the fuck up. Like, it's just absolutely absurd. Now, the second thing that's really just disgusting about tonight is people are upset that Kyrie – Stepped on the logo, apparently, after the game. Not apparently. He did it. Grow up. It's some no, paint. I, I, why? It's some what? paint on the floor. Like, who, why do you care about it? Like, it's like, that's part of the theater, too. Like, people have been chanting, fuck you, Kyrie, for two hours. And he takes out a little frustration by stepping on, like, the left. It, it wasn't actually Lucky. It wasn't my guy, Lucky, who made a brilliant comeback performance tonight to dunk at halftime. It's not like he hurt anyone. He stepped. He made an intentional step on some paint, and people are upset. Like, 
and then comparing the two, like there's some sort of equivalency, like both sides in it, like oh, yeah, classless, saying it's classless. It's like, no, he stepped on, like, okay, it's mildly disrespectful to the leprechaun. Like, what are we talking about here? It's no, it's, it's, it's the symbol of doing it to the, the Celtics franchise. And 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 I, I do think like there's there's room to be mad at that because like I think the franchise has for the most part handled his departure really well. Like nobody says anything badly about him. Brad Stevens goes out of his way to say, you know, I, I don't have anything bad to say about Kyrie. He's a special talent, this and that. And so for him to do that, and I, I'm sure it was more toward the fans, more toward yeah, the Yeah, you're crowd, the one who's saying toward... that he's disrespecting the franchise. It's What if he's just saying, like, it's a small fuck you to the 17,000 who said fuck Kyrie Irving for three hours straight? Like, what do we expect? And that, and like, the it's, I'm a, I guess I can understand that, but like, the, as soon as you bring it up it'd be like and make the false equivalency. Yeah, there's no comparison, obviously. It's it's uh, absolutely absurd. Uh, it's so I don't know. I that's just like people just like I didn't know people were so upset about the logo. Like my one of my favorite sports memories. Remember Tio when he's on the Niners and he scored all those touchdowns and would run immediately to the star in Dallas and do his Tio celebration. That's hilarious. That's fun. Like that's part of sports. That's part of the game. Like if Kyrie wants to do that, like it's part of the theater of it all. And so. I'm for it. Like I, I'm, I guess I'm not for Kyrie stomping on it, but I just like don't know why people take it personally. It's not like he like took his shoes and like stomped on your couch with, with muddy shoes on. Like it's not, nothing related to Fuck you. Your couch. He didn't do that. Like he is like he dropped thirty nine on you and then was just like ha, take that. Like if he didn't like the like the WWE suck it. Like when people like I don't like it's all funny to me. Like. We hate Kyrie. Kyrie clearly doesn't like Boston or like the fans. And like, that's part of the fun of it all. And then as soon as like, oh, he stepped on Lucky. Oh, my God. Like, people (laughs) went running across that logo the entire game. It's absurd to me. Yeah, it was great theater until until someone threw a bottle. Stupid, (laughs) stupid fans. Just no need for that. Um and it really does. Like the crowd was awesome. The crowd was amped up. The environment was fantastic. I I missed like hell having that many fans in TD Garden. Like, I'd almost forgotten how fun it was. The first quarter to was have an fun. atmosphere like that, and then it was loud. one idiot does that, and it just makes everybody look bad. So, thanks, 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 dumbass that guy. Um, he he's gonna be banned for TD Garden for life. People will be like, he should be prosecuted. Let's let's go. Let's hold up there with everyone with their pro carceral takes. Like we don't, we have rising prison populations. We don't need to be prosecutors, uh, people for things like that. But that's another story for another time. Uh, we need to wrap this podcast up, and so it's time for the world famous potable six pack. I'm going to start out tonight. Try to bring some positivity um, back into this podcast, back into some Celtics fandom. I thought it was really cool. The Celtics were back and the fans were there. And I thought there was a really cool moment. Uh, I think it was in between quarters, but uh, the Celtics honoring Mike Gorman for making the Hall of Fame and the whole crowd giving him a standing ovation and turning to him in the stadium. I just thought it was a really cool uh, moment. Mike Gorman's a legend. Anyway, like that's what people should be celebrating. It was just like 
that's what that's cool about Celtics fandom is like everyone in unison, just like saluting the guy who's been part of like the Celtics family for the past 30, 40 years at this point. I just forgot about like the power of like the, like 17,000 people being united in that and like celebrating one guy. I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. And well, well earned by Mike Gorman throughout an amazing career of announcing games. My first pick, Tristan Thompson undoing Kevin Durant's shoelaces. <laughs> I did not see that. <laughs> it was, I don't even know if they showed it on the broadcast. Um, it was incredible. It was after one of the timeouts, Durant was standing in the corner right in front of the Celtics bench. And Tristan went down and pretended like he was tying his own shoes <laughs> so that the ref wouldn't notice that he actually untied Kevin Durant's shoes. There was just, he had the method to it. Like he was J.R. Smith's teammate. You you don't play alongside J.R. Smith and and fail to come away with a master class in in untying an opponent's shoes shoelaces. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, and then my second pick, KD talking shit again. KD talks a lot. I I guess I never realized how much shit he talks. But he's gotten into it with a Celtics player in like basically every game. Marcus Smart like shoved him, was trying to shoo him away. I I he enjoyed, kept talking. He doesn't stop talking. I enjoyed that. But there was a moment like he and Tatum were going back and forth while Durant was at the free throw line. Durant really talks a lot, and I'm I'm for it. I'm for all the beef I can get. I'm for all of that. Then you should be for Kyrie stomping on the logo. Yeah, but but that like. Next next game, we're gonna show up and we're gonna burn a Kuji sweater just to disrespect Notorious B.I.G. That's what we're gonna do. Yeah, I don't think that would be no, that'd be a smart up. thing to do. Kuji <laughs> um, sweaters are expensive and uh very cool articles of clothing. Yeah, your turn, sir. Um I'm gonna go back to just the fans uh empowering the players. There's a moment in the first quarter where Tatum uh, was going one-on-one in Durant. And like beat him with a spin move, and the crowd started like cheering and was like exploded up just in re- like reaction to the spin move. And then it kind of it crescendoed when he did knock down the jumper. I just like forgot about that. That the electricity in the first quarter was fantastic, and I just really liked uh, that specifically. Like just cheering for the the spin move alone, and then Tatum being able to knock down the uh, jumper, I thought was cool. Um, my final moment. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Uh, the, I mean, the the Tatum picking up a tech after the possession, I thought was wild. Like, I just had never really seen that before. Like, I love that by the ref, actually. that It's very – it's smart continuation. It's like – but I just never – I was so uh, taken aback by it because I just never had really encountered it. Yeah, you don't want to stop transition to, like, basically reward the Celtics for getting a technical – so I, I like that they they let the possession go on. I, I'm not sure Tatum deserved that technical foul, but the way that he did it, I appreciated. Um, is it my turn? Uh, yeah, no, I think I'm I'm done. I got some honorable mentions, but I think maybe we'll see if you cover them in your final pick. This is a tough call. Um, there wasn't like a whole lot to. 
really pick. Um, what am I going with? Go go with your honorable mention. I'll try. I'll try to figure it out. Oh, uh, the Celtics blowing a four-on-one fast break. I thought. Oh, was, Romeo, uh, Romeo that was fantastic. That's yeah. the rock. Oh, oh, I've got it. Jabari Parker's turnover at the top of the key when he was trying to isolate and just forgot the ball. Just <laughs> forgot it. It was that was a moment when it was like, okay, Durant has scored basically every single time he is isolated at the top of the key, and then it's. Jabari Parker just forgetting the basketball. So it's a good pick. There's a talent discrepancy, let's just say, between these two teams. And it was pretty noticeable on that one possession. All right. My final one is that just lucky, lucky leprechaun, the actual man, not the not the painted logo, came back uh, and put on a dunk performance for the crowd, but he was without the jet blue flight flight crew. He had to set up his own trampoline, all his own padding. Um, it was just odd to see him do that, but he Open put on friendly some... lucky performance, huh? Yeah. I mean, they didn't, the, the jet blue flight crew did not make, uh, make the list of yeah, guys you can, in the court. Cause you can let 17,000 people, but <laughs> you can't let people, you can't yeah, let the JBFC on the court. There. No, but I just wanted, it was good to see, uh, lucky back back out there, um, knocking down some dunks. You know, I, I got to chop it up with him, uh, cause he was up on the ninth floor, me and lucky, we go. We're we're strong. He wasn't upset about the floor stomping, so um, I don't actually know that. I was just a spec, uh, rampant speculation there. But um, that's going to do it from us. We'll talk to you again uh, after Game Five on Tuesday night. If you thanks to everyone watching on the YouTube, commenting, uh, and everyone who listens to the podcast, giving us five stars, doing everything like that. Now, Jay, I have a question for you: Is Jabari Parker potable? Yeah. Anything is As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.